Thanks for joining us on another episode of It Is a Podcast. Uh, unfortunately, Ryan may not be able to be with us today. He uh, he is out at a work event. So if he does drop by, it'll be later. Uh, so Bruce and I are here to talk about, what is it, episodes 7, 8, and 9 of season 2? Right, yep, 7, 8, or 9. One of my right. favorites is season 2, too. I'm excited to get into that one. Hey, go ahead and uh, start us off, Bruce. What, so uh, we're talking about the client. You know, and uh, and of course, it'll say that once they publish his letter. <laughs> yeah, which he sent in. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, what are your thoughts? You know, if you were if you're Jan, and, and, you know, you're saying you got this this subordinate that you already thinks an idiot. You know, kind of pull that out on you. Uh, you know, let's just kind of you know, how would you feel? What what was your initial takes out of, the, out of that whole sequence there? I'm getting more interested in jan's character and here's why because jan is corporate right and michael is also corporate but he doesn't realize it but jan has no faith in michael uh, rightfully so because michael is who he is right but the problem there is like if michael made it all the way to the position that he is you would think that corporate would have some sort of faith in him in order to do his job so if you're going into a new area and this is me personally that is obviously not jam but if you're going into an area and the local person tells you this is where it should happen i'm going to take their back on that one but that's a uh, that's my opinion jan does not appear happy she wanted to go to the up class like fancy place she wanted to treat her customer and uh while that might have been treating him it didn't give the same service that he got at that chili's for sure Oh yeah, yeah, that chilies. I mean, I'm sure we'll dive into that whole sequence too. But, but for me, that's one of my favorite Michael moments. Um, but anyway, you know, let's go to uh, kind of you know the next sequence in the episode. There we get, jump back to to Jim and Pam. They're talking about their worst first dates. Um, mm-hmm. And Pam goes, course, Pam uh, Roy, you know, that yeah, whole left took me at the hockey game and then left me there. Forgot about her. Right, oh, right. And now, what is wrong with like? Would you, would you stay with somebody if they forgot about you at an event, like, and just left you there? Um, probably not. No, like, uh, I don't think I would either. No, you know, like, and I'm a guy. I can't imagine what I, I don't know. You know, maybe our female audience members will you know chime in here. But what the heck is wrong with Pam? I I hear you, man. First dates are a, are a fickle thing, though, right? Because I'll read posts on the time uh, all the time, either from Reddit or from Facebook or something about people's stories, and it'll be like, oh, we uh, it'll be a story similar to this. It'll be like we went out for a movie, uh, she vomited all over me, and then um, got me blackout drunk or something like that, and then she's like, and we've been married for ten years, or it'll just be this string of horrific things. It'll be like went to her house, killed her dog, beat up her dad. We've been married ever since. And, uh, <laughs> It's weird stuff like that. So I don't know. Maybe maybe chicks are into dudes just like leaving them places. Yeah, you know? I, 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 yeah. Pam was, you know. Well, and then what's funny is she she brings it up. She she talks. She has to know that people are going to put it together that it's Roy, right? And then she's kind of taken aback when people put it together that it's Roy. Yeah, uh, I think it was Kelly. And yeah, and she because they ask, like, they, oh, they go know. like, how long ago? Right. And she's right. like, oh, not that long ago. And as soon as you say that, it's either A, it's Roy, or B, you cheated on Roy. Right. Because she's been with, I mean, she's been with Roy for, you know, I don't know that we ever know how long she's actually been with him. They've At been in minimum for three what, years. Two years, three years. You're right. Yeah. So, you know, however long it took him to get engaged, but, you know, so four years, maybe, you know. 
Yeah, um, that sounds about right. The average couple waits like a year before engagement, and then the average right. engagement waits like a year or something like that. Uh, then we kind of, you know, jumping back into the rest of the office gang, we see the first introduction of threat level midnight. And, you know, and I kind of uh, toyed with this in my head on how to approach this with you. Um, I do want to let you know, because I think there will be some things at some point mm-hmm. in the future, we see a live action version. I am so excited. Okay, <laughs> this this hits all the spots. I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, producers like Neil Breen, right? Who makes these god awful films, but they just hit such a great spot, right? Films yeah. like uh, Velocipaster, not done by Neil Breen, but another excellent one. Um, or, That's oh. why? Why did you bring that up? I just saw a meme about that today. It's Did a great you just movie. Today? Is that why you brought that up? No, no, I've watched that movie. My wife and I, we, God, have a, we used to have a friend group thing called Bad Movie Day, and we would get <laughs> together and we would watch horrible movies. Like, uh, there's a there's this really old movie with Ice Cube in it, uh, and it's like Ice Cube goes to Mars to fight aliens. Like, dude, oh, awful, awful. Okay, um, there's a bunch of horrible movies, and this Threat Level Midnight hit that spot for me. This looks like an old, crappy Bond film, and I'm, <laughs> I'm about it. I wanted to hear more of that reading. Oh, you'll see, you'll see more. Definitely some more. We got a while to go. Okay, uh, but but they do do a they do they do bring it back, and there's a couple different times that we you know. That's one of Michael's things is he's a writer, you know, screenplay. He does, you know, so that's kind of the thing that gets brought up here and there everywhere. Um, but it does pay off here in a few more seasons. Okay. Um, uh, the... In case you were interested, the movie with Ice Cube on Mars is called Ghosts of Mars. It came out in 2001. It has a 20% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. That's bad. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's funny about the Velociraptor. I just saw that up. Because that's about the, the pastor who learns that he can turn into a dinosaur, right? He doesn't and learn he gets... it. He goes to like a uh, an African village, which by African village, they mean like the woods outside of his house. And he finds an ancient raptor claw artifact which turns him into the chosen one which gives him the ability to change into a raptor yeah all right all right it's... so yeah that's kind of cheesy enough i may i may check that out now because between you bringing that up and i mean you know that's that's fake mm-hmm. let's watch that it's fantastic jumping back to to michael and chili's we got the 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 brown the brown probe joke yeah, I don't know where this is going, but it reminds me of a. I, there was a couple of videos that I used to watch. And, uh, it was of this Native American guy, and every video would start with him telling a joke like this, but you didn't hear the majority of it. And he would just be like, "Oh, you can't put that in a bag. That's not a grocery." And then just turn, like, laugh at the camera, and then turn around and start talking. This this hits the same spot. Like, I have no idea what's going on, but obviously they find it funny, and it doesn't make any sense to me. I'm about it though. Wait, you didn't understand the joke? No, I didn't understand the joke. Because the proctologist studies your anus and a brown probe is because it's got poop on it. Yeah, but they're talking about their the vehicles they drive. So uh, I don't know. It went over my head. Uh, I get a proctologist probes your butthole, but like I don't. Maybe it's a play on words. I'm not kidding. It is. It's. I have to look up the other cars. I can't remember. Okay. But yeah, the other cars were you know pretty standard for their their job, mm-hmm. and then and this one is just funny because it's the brown probe. Um, you know, we also see Jan 
is getting more frustrated as those events kind of go on. You know, her face, you can see she's just getting more and more pissed off and more and more. Yeah. You know. Okay. I, like this I, event I, night is not going at all like she wanted. She wanted a professional meeting, you know, where they're talking numbers, Excel sheets, PowerPoints, you know, mm-hmm. whole nine yards. And, and here's, you know, Michael's talking about poop. Yeah. <laughs> I probe, understand so. the joke now because I Googled the probe car. And uh, in 1997, Ford made a car called the Probe, the Ford Probe. Oh, right, right. Sorry, I didn't realize you didn't know that was a car. Yeah, I didn't know that was a car. So, like, yeah, that didn't uh, it didn't hit to me. But now, now it makes sense. Okay, that's good. Which probably, you know, ten years ago probably would have hit a little bit. You know, right? Car was it, newer. It, I don't yeah, think the Probe lasted very long, though. It didn't. I think 97 was like the last year it was made. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, so these came out in like 2004, that. so that's so you were still seeing those on the road, right? Because like I drive one of my cars is an 04 Camry, and so like it's 2022, so you know, okay. so, right? Yeah, so yeah. people would still be driving it at that time, right? And brown, you know, well, yeah, yeah, Bra- brown is poop. But you're right. you're right. Um, Michael is making poop jokes and stuff to this dude. And Jan wants a business meeting, right? The first thing she says, she's like, hands paperwork. She's like, what's the bottom line? What can we do? And Michael shuts her down. He's like, mm, no, uh, drinks. Yeah, drinks, baby back ribs. You want an awesome blossom, which is not a, uh, what's the thing from Outback Steakhouse called? The Bloomin' Onion. Right. Yeah, which is not a Bloomin' oh, Onion, no, awesome but it blossom. is. I got awesome yeah. blossom coming out of my nose. Yep. Same difference, though. And Which, by the way, if anybody's ever interested, watch a video on making awesome blossoms. The equipment that they use in there is pretty fucking awesome. I bet it is. It's yeah. these giant, giant, you know, slated things that they, you know, they have like three, you know, three feet up to get enough weight to just that onion, you know. Hell yeah. I'm a, I am oh, I can't even put your hand under there. No, no, oh. but, uh, yeah, uh, now mind you they come in that way to the actual restaurants oh they do they don't like do it there oh yeah yeah i used to be a cook long time ago one of my early jobs was a a cook at either chili's or applebee's one of those kind of places and they served awesome blossoms and when we got them the onion was already cut like that all we had to do was dip it in the batter and throw it in the fryer okay that's fair um, I mean, that machine would have taken up a lot of counter space and whatnot. Right. And probably, you know, you don't want your, any old idiot that you have hired as a waiter or waitress to, to have access to the basically a guillotine. For sure, yeah. <laughs> you know? I, uh, I did a chef job for like two years. Not chef, like a, more like line cook, fry cook, right. shit like that. And, That's uh, a hard and- job. It's, it's not an easy job, no. Like, uh, I have mad respect for anybody in the service industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I tip my waiters and waitresses. And, you feel uh, gross when you leave. You're greasy. You know, it's just. Yeah, dude. I would go home and I would smell like fucking fryer grease all the time. Right. My wife would be like, you need to change and shower before you get in bed. Right. And, uh, yeah. It wasn't and then good. by the time that you get rid of the smell, it's time to go back. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just a never-ending cycle. It is, um, and the kitchen is hot. Nobody runs AC in the kitchens. You're supposed no, to, but no. like, it'll be like 105 outside and 115 in the kitchen, and you got like you're you're covered in like a uh, 
not like a lab coat, but you know, your smock, your apron or whatever you got your other stuff on, you got your hair net, just absolutely covered head to toe. And then you're sweating bullets through that thing. So you leave as if you'd been spending the day in a pool. Gross. Right. And they're trying not to sweat in people's food, which sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's, it's a nasty job. Uh, Yeah, it is. Part of the reason why I, I don't, tend to like eating out just because I've, I've been on that side and I know how horribly wrong that can go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, especially being back there, like everybody would love to believe that every kitchen cuts zero corners and is the utmost of cleanliness, but that's not true. Oh no. my gosh. Like, when you're uh, wanting to get out all the light, you know, your manager's rushing you to get out of there and you're like, uh, we're sweeping this under the rug. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. Going. For sure, oh, there's a reason nobody touches the mat with their hands, right? Yeah, um, oh, so we're jumping back with the reading of threat level midnight, right? And, okay, uh, we're going back there from Chili's, right? Yeah, just because they did the cutscenes, you know, they, they weren't uh, both oh, of okay, yeah, yeah. happening at the same time, but we jumped back in the episode to, to the reading of the uh, the thing, and we with the the dwigged, the dwit, you know, oh, the dwit. that's. That's One so day. sad. Like <laughs> it, it makes sense, right? Because right. Um, Dwight bugs him all the time, and as much as we would love for Dwight to believe that he's Michael's friend as he is, it's so obvious to us as the watcher that he's not. And the only reason that he's there for Michael is because Dwight has to be making sales, right? Dwight's got to be doing good in sales to keep his position. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know that we ever really are told this at this point yet but might or dwight is the number one salesman oh really and it out of uh dunder mifflin there i think we may learn that for a fact in a few more episodes because he wins right. an award but but and that's kind of carried on through the rest of this you know he's he is their number one salesman um, oh does he win the coffee pot no he wins a different award uh okay here and um he ends up having to go to, like, you know, corporate throws this big event. And anyway, we'll see it soon. But sorry if I okay. just, you know, we're spoiling no, no. a little bit for you. But Dwight is their number one salesman, which is funny because you would think it'd be Jim. But of course, Jim doesn't try hard enough. Jim just kind of skates by. Yeah. I mean, I think Jim is their number two salesman, though, right? I don't think like Stanley's. You know, I don't know. They don't now. ever really, they don't really ever ever say you know i know stanley's is pretty high up in there and 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 phyllis as well um you know you you sort of learn that at later points but they don't really ever put where jim is Uh, you know at some point they there's bonuses involved in their sales so we get a little bit more information about you know jim's actually trying plus he's tried you know something happens and he tries to keep his job so there's there's stuff coming that gives us a little bit more insights but we don't really ever get I don't know that Jim is that great of a salesman. He's just, he's a good looking, semi intellectual, normal guy in an arena of idiots. But, you know, uh, jumping kind of back into the episode, and that sort of segues into my, my next question is, you know, is Jim a jerk? You know, how do you feel about Jim? Yeah. You know, we yeah. kind of okay. see um, you know, I There's. Sorry to cut you off, but yes, um, I I think Jim definitely has a huge amount of jerk properties. Like it's, it's one thing to play like 
fun pranks on your coworkers and stuff when they're enjoying it. But Jim does it when they're not. Like he pops fucking Dwight's ball. Yeah, yeah. The, that's that's yeah. this episode, isn't it? Is it this one or is it one of the next ones? It's like it's a cold a open. Cold open in the next episode, but yeah. When he he just he just destroyed, you know. Yeah, he takes the pair of scissors and he pops Dwight's ball right in front of him. And like Dwight's enjoying himself. Sure, he might be a little irritating because he's constantly moving around and talking about his abs. But like Jim, you don't have to pay attention to Dwight. You can continue to do your work and you can ignore him. And instead, you uh, you pop his ball. You pop his ball. Right. You, uh, you and he takes um, the time to ask him how much it is. Yeah, so that he right. knows that yeah. if he can afford to buy it, right? Right, right. You know, just to, uh, it's terrible. But anyway, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll that's getting ahead here. of ourselves. There's, Sorry there's about a moment that, but... in, in the yeah, the other one too that I want to get back to is, um, you know, talking about the Jim and the Pam and the and the whole. Uh, well, actually, let's go back a little bit further. When Michael finally starts getting, you know, the end of the evening. Uh, Michael goes into his whole spiel about the cutthroat companies coming in and outsource, you know, outselling, undercutting everybody. And then as soon as they put out all the businesses, then they jack right the prices. And you can just see the look on Jan's face. I yeah. mean, it, that done. smile is just <laughs> boom. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and, and you know something great's coming. Yeah, and uh, kudos to Michael. This is an amazing sale tactic, right? You uh, you get your customer out, especially for something as large as like a uh, a contract with the entire county, right? This is huge. They talk about it in the beginning, like if they get this contract, uh, they get the deal or whatever. They don't have to downsize. They have enough money from this contract alone, right? Mm-hmm. And Jan wants to get in, do it dirty, and get it done. And Michael wants to like schmooze this guy so that they don't lose like a majority of the sale to undercutting just to get the client. And he does a great job. Even if he spends $200 plus that night on drinks and ribs and uh, awesome blossom and stuff like that, it pales in comparison to the amount of money he's going to get out of the sale. And Jan just doesn't seem to get that. Like in there, he's in there, he's becoming friends. They're swap, they're swapping life stories. They're getting drunk together. Like he is, but right. he forces Jan person. to talk about her divorce, which, you know, opens up the, you know, really sets it a topic to be talking about even amongst friends, let alone pretty much entirely strangers. So I yeah. think that creates a little bit of almost instant bonding. Plus, they've had a little bit of alcohol, you know. And, mm-hmm. and what's the, you know, I can't remember the guy's name. Sorry, audience, I'm sure we'll be told. But his whole line his said towards Jan about. You cut your wrist, you know, you put it out there, you say, Well, look at like this guy's drunk, you know. He, I mean, yeah, from that point, he is intoxicated for <laughs> sure. And like, it's a, it's a shitty thing to do to get a guy drunk to get him to sign a contract. But in the business world, you got to do what you got to do. Okay. Right, right. And, uh, and Michael got his stuff done. Go him. Right. Yeah. Oh, so I, this, uh, this is really the first time that we see Michael, you know, and this is how. You know, to bring your point up, I think you had asked how Michael keeps his job. These are the moments that we start seeing, and I think this is the really the first one where we see Michael shine. And, and there's you know a few more you know here and there. Those are the reasons why he keeps his job because he just pulls these incredible wins out of his ass. Yeah, uh, he he does a great job. My, Michael can sell. Okay. <laughs> he he can sell. And uh, he's got that weird quirkiness to him as a person that makes you like underestimate him. 
right. just at just at like a couple sentences. Like right. he's um, he does the weird awkward thing where Jan will start talking about prices and he'll be like, bah, 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 bah. right, nonsense and, words, yeah, yeah. And you're looking at him and you're like, is this is this guy okay? And it really helps you lower your guard where you're like, <laughs> I'm not afraid of this person. I think I think he's more afraid of me. Um, and, and it's, hopefully we it's learn to estimate him. <laughs> hopefully what? We learn to estimate him, right? It's okay. a, our audience will get it. You okay. won't yet, but you will. Uh, but I see a lot of memes it. with it, but I don't get it yet. So, Yeah, yeah. There's a another one of those moments where Michael pulls a, a giant win out of his ass. Okay. And Dan tells him, you know, sorry, Michael, I underestimated you. And he replies, well, next time you should estimate me. <laughs> you know? <laughs> no. All right. Another Michaelism. Yeah. <laughs> so then jumping yeah. back to the other story of that, you know, back to the building, we see, you know, Jim and Pam had their quote unquote first date, which, you know, to me, I, that's always one of those cringe moments with Jen for me. And, and, you know, I try not to use cringe too much in the cast because I know it's a thing in the community, but I, him calling that, you know, that was a pretty cringe thing to do. And I think he tried to push Pam a little bit too far too quick when he, he called it their first date. I agree with um, you, uh, but I agree with Jim that it was a first date. It was think, like, okay. I, I think it was a first date, but he shouldn't have talked about it like that. That's uh because you're you're in the uncanny valley area, right? Like you're looking at a human, but it's not a hundred percent human, and you don't want it to be. And that's exactly what uh, what's happening with Jim and Pam right now, right? They're in that right. part of the valley where it's not a relationship, but as soon as you start calling it that, it becomes that, and it's gonna push push her out. You know what I mean? Right. And I mean, I, she I did that's on plans with her fiance to stay at work and read she, a stupid script. Yeah. And then um, watch fireworks on the rooftop. Right. Which, of course, you know, thanks Dwight. He somehow always manages to have explosives ready. That's <laughs> um, a, a very good tactic for anybody yeah, yeah. to just have explosives on hand. And uh, <laughs> him and Kevin are like, they remind me of when I was a kid. I grew up in Washington and uh, firework laws there are a lot more lax than they are in Oregon where I'm at now. And so mm -hmm. we would have like bunches of stuff bottle rockets roman candles um you know mortars stuff like that and we would blast them off and we would do the stuff that they were doing but with more dangerous fireworks and it brings right. me back to that area of childhood of just like jumping through firework streams to make yourself feel cool right uh, right yeah we, ohio, we can get ohio is really strange with firework law we got um you can buy them we got stores on you know every highway but you can't use them here. <laughs> so it's like, like it's year round, like, huh? Like year round? Yeah, yeah. We got firework stores. You know, like right by me on seventy seven, they got a firework warehouse. Yeah. <laughs> All uh, right. And it, but you know, you're not allowed to. You're not allowed to set them off here. You know, you buy them and you say, "I'm taking them somewhere else." You know, some other state. But okay. you know, of course, everybody knows it's the line of bullshit. For sure, uh, but you they go make you say that you're, you know, you're taking it to Pennsylvania or somewhere where they're, you know, legal to set off, and then you go back to your backyard and hope nobody calls the cops. Sure, you go down your Forest Service road and go for it or something. Right. right? <laughs> um, okay. What else do we want to talk about here? Oh, so you know, flash forwarding. You know, my Jim and Pam have left for the night. They they've shared their headset. You know, Jim's you know put his 
Oh, that was a so really cute. romantic thing to do. I think that's yeah. really intimate. I do not like to share my earpieces with anybody. Oh, I, mean, I, I probably put other pieces of your body closer to my mouth than I would ever want your, you know, no. <laughs> like, that's just gross to me. See, I'll share an earpiece. I don't mind. But, oh, uh, no, like, no. I, <laughs> my, my level of germ tolerance is much higher. I'll share a fork with somebody. I don't care. Yeah, I think it's the earwax. You know, it's it, not so much the be. germs. I just don't want any, I don't know. There's something that, um, some, uh, somebody tried to use my earbuds or did use my earbuds once and it was just a thing. And I, that's when I realized just how gross I thought that whole thing was. I, I hear you. I, uh, I let a friend at my work use my earbuds that I was using for work. And when he gave them back, they were covered in his earwax. And I mean, oh, covered. Oh. And I was upset. I told him, I was right. like, I went up to him and I confronted him. I said, if I'm ever going to let you use these again, clean them off. Don't hand them to me dirty like this. And I showed it to him. And he was like all upset and defensive. But I'm like, no, 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 no. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, just wipe them. You know, use a, use some, you know, a Clorox wipe and you know, clean yeah. that shit out. I don't want to see it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not, ugh, gross. Yeah. I'm with you. I don't want your earwax in my ear. That's for sure. <laughs> I don't want my earwax in my ear. Right. But like, there's a there's a lot of different things. So, yeah. And then you know they fast forward. You know we see the the morning. You know towards the end of the episode, and we see that Dwight has slept. All night, yeah. you know, waiting there using an emergency blanket <laughs> in yeah, his boxers and t-shirt. Why does Dwight sleep there? Because I got a real homeless vibe from it, but like I know it's not a homeless thing. I, you know, you know, I don't know. You know, I guess it was just concern it, for Michael that, that you know he guess. wanted to know what was going on. He, you know, he's just. It's like a dad staying up late waiting for his son or daughter who's like been right. out too long, right? It, it, That's the only thing that I can guess. Quirky, yeah, it's just another quirky thing that Dwight does. I mean, it makes sense for his character, but why he does it? Yeah. It, you know, I don't know. Maybe or hopefully our audience will chime in here and let us know why. Why do you guys think that uh, why does he stay? But then, you know, he gets and he wakes up and the very first word out of his mouth is my, Michael. So he's yeah. been, you know, subconsciously thinking about this all night long, which is weird. Again, yep. you know, he wakes up, Michael, and then he just happens to, to look out the window at the right time to see Jan getting dropped off by a taxi. Mm-hmm. You know, and then we and, see that uh, whole sequence of events. Do you think they did it? I, well, you know, I, that's, that's one of my points here, too. We don't ever really know whether they we... did it there or not. Okay. I've always kind of thought that they did do it there. Same. I uh, I think they did it. But yeah, we don't ever really. It's not clear. So you think that they did it? I, you know, I'm I, glad you mentioned that because that was one of the things I wanted. To I think ask it's you. like a. I don't see there's a chance that they didn't, right? Because they they start making out. They go straight to the car. They go back to the hotel, right? And sure, she's like, "Yes, we made out." And then we talked all night and you listened to my problems. But she says it in a way that's like, I'm saying this because this is the story that we came up with. Right. Yeah. And would she really accuse him? See, and this is when I really started to dislike Jan. One of the first things that she does that really just pissed me off, though, is you hear her. Well, I don't know if we hear her. We hear Michael's reaction. So we know the implication. 
mm-hmm. is that Jen is accusing him of getting her drunk intentionally to have sex with her or to do whatever. Yeah, and slipping and something drugging, in her drink. You know, slipping something in her drink, which, you know, is a pretty That's outrageous a accusation. Accusation. Um, you know, uh, just coming from a peer to somebody, let alone your boss, you know, uh, yeah. saying that to you. Um, but for anybody to, say, to to make that kind of accusation, you you better uh, better have some uh, pretty damn good evidence before you go accuse somebody of date rape. Yeah, no, fucking for real, because uh, that's that's huge. You're, you're gonna accuse a uh, somebody at your work of date rape for you, is, right? Mm. And just because she had a moment of regret, that doesn't you know doesn't equate to oh he must sure. have done no. Uh, yeah, no. oh, that's a. But that's I, a you know, that's different. all my notes there for the for the client. Did um, was there anything that stuck out in your mind interviewing or that you wanted to talk about that I we didn't already? No, I think you covered it about all. all right, awesome. Yeah. Well, then let's get back into you know just get into right into performance review. We kind of already kind of talked about that whole quote opening sequence with Dwight uh, Fitness Orb and Jim, yeah, of course, being a jerk, popping it, right. Yeah, it still bugs me. What a fucking asshole thing to do. Yeah, yeah. I, there does, you know, and don't get me wrong. I like Jim. I've always liked Jim's character. He's probably one of my favorites, you know, and I don't know. I don't even know if I really have a favorite. I like them all, but I do like Jim, but mm. he does definitely have this um, high school bulliness to him, too, you know, that, yes. that underlines his character. Because Dwight's kind of the nerd in school, and and Jim's just doing. Jim whatever. seems like the uh, the jock, right? He played right. basketball. He's a he's an asshole to Dwight, who's nerdy, and he just like shits on him all the time. Right. It's becoming like a one sided thing. Like um, we see a couple things in uh, in earlier episodes in like season one where Dwight gets Jim by stealing his sail. Dwight gets Jim by like uh, turning his back on him when Roy comes in and uh, they're in the Alliance. But I don't think Dwight has uh, does anything so openly aggressive like Jim does. You know what right. I mean? Right. Uh, and we kind of see that a little bit more going forward too, is that, that, you know, Jim almost, I don't want to say abuses, but I can't think of another word. He, he, you know, he almost abuses Dwight for his own amusement. Yeah, um, you yeah, know, there's definitely some some more instances of that coming, you know, coming. But um, it, it's not a good, it's not, it's a, not good a good look for him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so of course, then we see, you know, everybody's doing their performance reviews. Which I don't know about you, I think it's weird that, or first off, that performance review day is for everybody all at once, like the manager is getting his performance review from Jan mm-hmm. and he's giving out his performance to all like, like, is that a thing in companies? It's not certainly in mine. Like we it don't is have mine. one performance day. I'm sorry. What was that? It is in mine. Yeah. Oh, um, you guys it, have one day for performance reviews and yeah. Okay. Uh, so we, uh, with exceptions, right? Like if somebody gets hired, um, in a much different time frame or much more recent, like uh, we don't we don't really have set days for performance reviews, but around uh, Thanksgiving time is when the company annually gives out raises to everybody, um, for the most part, right? There's a certain circumstance for everything else, 
but uh, but around that time, we all get performance reviews. We all get reviewed on our status, on like how much we know, on where we can improve and stuff like that. And that uh, that is in my company, yeah. And other places. But so it's are, a time of no, year. It's, all, it's not all in one day. Yeah, yeah. It's more of a time of year. Right. But, yeah. Uh, the same here. You know, you would we wouldn't have my manager getting his performance review the exact same day that he's trying to give out you know performance reviews to his staff. Because then, you know, what, is Jan getting a performance review, too, when she goes back to, you know, back to, back there? Yeah. Yep. Um, There's some, the board of directors is uh, reviewing Jan and right. her control over Michael or something. <clears throat> right. Um, you know, and, of course, we see at this point, Jan is trying to make it very clear through her method that, you know, the first indication is the message. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I will only want to be talking with you about this today. That is right. It. And, mm-hmm. you know, of course, we see Pam, again. Which this really reminds me of Halloween, right? We see Pam almost giving her real opinion, about to give her real opinion, and then Michael flips that switch of, oh, let's, you know, she's afraid it's going to hurt her, so then she just placates it, you know, she just, and it's the same thing that she does in Halloween, where she just starts sucking, oh, well, you know, she's conflicted, she has feelings for you, you know, uh-huh. buttering him up to, to and she, not get she a bad review. Like, right. um, cause he, Michael's been handing out reviews that are like, you are adequate. Thank you. And leaves. Right. And, um, this is a terrible review, by the way, if you're going to have a performance review, uh, do it, do it and do it like you would everything else. Do it to the fullest. Right. And legitimately talk to people about where their downs are, what their ups are and how to work around being better. Um, right. the way he's doing these sucks in general, but because in this performance reviews are supposed to affect your raise or that's the way that they make them seem right because dwight is like a he's made a whole powerpoint presentation he made a a stand for it he made all this stuff like that he's like psyching himself up in the thing to ask for the raise <coughs> and so it makes me think that all the performance reviews are tied to yearly raises right yeah and uh, the whole, you know, this kind of my next point sort of brings us back to the Jim is a jerk thing, right? So you got you got Dwight using one of his big selling points for his raise is that he's never missed a day. He's never called off. He's never been sick. He's always, you know, if he's supposed to be there, he's there, which yeah. is, you know, a pretty good thing for an employee from a company perspective. Yeah. Now, again, we're, you know, he's the nerdy kid in high school has perfect attendance. Mm-hmm. And, and Jim creates this entire... He doesn't create it, but he definitely helps cement Dwight's, you know, a little bit of drunkenness where he thinks today is Thursday. Yes. You know, or what? Well, I'm sorry. He thinks today is Friday when it's actually Thursday. And, uh, you know, he, he spends the entire day convincing him that it is for the sole purpose of making him miss a day, which, of course, ruins his perfect record. It does, and uh, that's a that's a huge asshole move. Jim yeah, is yeah. an ass. Jim is an ass. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have to agree. That's that that's that's the second moment in this episode where Jim is not his break isn't cute. It's not funny. It's just he's an asshole. Um, I'm sure people are going to have a fit with that. But I again, mean, you can be him, mad at me if you want. It's the truth. Asshole. If you're going to be mad at the truth, uh, don't. Right. You're just in denial. Okay, Jim's an ass. Right. And he has he has plenty of great moments. He has plenty of sweet moments with Pam, or hanging out with Kevin, or even the part with the karaoke with uh, with Michael in the next episode. But uh, he's a he's a fucking ass, right? Um, you know, we even see Stanley doing the same thing as Pam, 
uh, you know, he's placating Michael in there for his review. And he's talking about, I, I think one of my funniest lines in there is Stanley's like, oh, I learned it in the ghetto. You know, and I, I can't imagine mm-hmm. Stanley's never been in the ghetto. I don't know. Ne- neither, neither can I. No. Yeah. And then uh, you see him in his, uh, his, you know, his box interview that it's uh, all about my bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, Angela's the only one who wants to be judged, which is funny because she's super Christian. Yes, yeah, and she's so like, she's, yes, she's she gets for off on that. She's like, judge right, right. me. And she's all excited. And of course, what does Michael do? He he skips her. Like, oh, you're done. Your performance has been adequate. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, that's that sucks for her. I'm sad she didn't get to get judged like she wants to. Right. Right. Hopefully she, she'll get judged later on that evening. Be naughty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, is this the first episode? Oh, my dog's barking again. I have to shut this door real quick. Um, is this the episode where we see like the baby Ruths or is that next episode? I think that's next episode. Okay. Well, then we'll get into that later. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah, she she'll get judged for sure. Right. Okay, but now we do know, so we, you know, since you brought it up, we, you kind of know who, you know, who the other office romances are. Yes. Okay. Um, at least that one, at least Dwight and Angela. Right. right? So right. we, Jim and Pam, kind of, Dwight and Angela for sure. Right. Um, and I don't know if there's any others. Right. No, I think that, you know, just those two for now, you know, and maybe, you know, depending on what you count as a relationship, Michael and Chad, but. Uh, yeah, we'll yeah. See. Well, then, I mean, know, well, brings... no, Phyllis asked if what if it's a one night stand and they didn't have to, so they don't have to disclose that. Right, right. Yeah. We got the, uh, you know, Michael, of course, is trying to impress Jan. So he comes up with the, some suggestion box that apparently has been sitting in the office unreviewed for at least a year or mm-hmm. more. Um, you know, he pulls out the stuff. So, you know, what were some of your thoughts about the. You know, your BO or your bad coffee breath. Oh, okay. So this suggestion box is great because he's like, we are doing our weekly suggestion box and then pulls out one from like years ago. That's like, we should, uh, we should really look into better benefits for people with depression and then laughs, throws it away. And they're like, no, no, that's a real thing. You should look at that. And he's like, nobody here has depression. And they're like, uh, Tony did or whatever his name was. I, I think I yeah. sent you a message, and I was like, uh, "That dude blew his brains out." Right. Yeah, it's uh, it's rough. That's yeah. rough. He they ignore the suggestion, and then uh, the guy commits suicide on company time. And then, of course, Michael. Yeah. Oh, that guy was weird. Like, come yeah. on, man. Yeah, it's uh, like, even I if you thought he was weird. I would say that's uh, no. rather <laughs> insensitive. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and all jokes aside to our audience, you know, if you're struggling with suicide, there's plenty of information out there or depression. It's a, you know, perfectly treatable. We'll, um, you know, we'll put some numbers in our post just because we're talking about it. But, but, but if you are feeling that way, you're not alone and, and there's help out there. Sure. Yeah. Um, everybody struggles with, uh, with their own life in one way or another. And, uh, you know, we can't, uh, we can't ever assume uh, we know anybody something like that. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Then we yeah. see Michael kind of pushing Jan. You know, Jan's she, she's she's giving up. She's she's done. She's like, I'm gonna go outside and think. You know, she comes back. She's like, I'm done. I'm giving up. I'm you know whatever. And you know he just keeps 
he just keeps nagging. You know, he's like that little yes. yapping dog that won't leave you alone. And she finally snaps. And, you know, mm-hmm. as corporate, you know, still being in that corporate mentality, she, she breaks that a little bit and goes into the whole, you're stupid. You know, I, I can't remember all of her spiel, but it's like, you know, calling him stupid and his bad personality and, you know, everything else. And it's, uh, for me, that was kind of a, well, go Jan. What do you think about that? Yeah, for for sure. Uh, Michael needs somebody to call him out. Okay, he's he's been on this high horse the whole time, and he's he's never going to leave it because that's who he is. That's how he sees himself. But she calls him out. She's like, "You're an idiot. You make dumb decisions. You're you're doing all this dumb stuff. You yes, you have bo. Yes, you have coffee breath. Like you you have an issue." And then he goes like, "But it's not my looks, so I still look good." Right, right. He still turns it into a, a positive somehow. But... Yeah, and I mean, good for him for maintaining that positive mentality. But like, you really should uh, should figure out what what's going on here. Right. <sighs> um, you know, that was uh, really all I had out of the performance review. You know, was there anything else that um, that you wanted to talk about or that you stuck out in your mind? You know, uh, when uh, when I was thinking about this, I wish that I did take notes like I normally do. I didn't because we are doing our new style, but um, I, I wish I did because I'm I'm blanking. So so no, I'm I'm good on performance review. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna, yeah, I don't I'm gonna know if we explained it to our audience time. at all or not. I don't you know I don't know if this is maybe a good time, but we were trying to you know the podcast is still new. We're just trying a couple different formats to. to to make the most entertaining show. So, you know, if you guys got any suggestions, feel free to drop them. Yeah, please do. Um, any, any feedback is always good. Right. So. Uh, as Michael puts it, constructive compliments. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, we only want constructive compliments, guys. Uh, criticisms <laughs> are, are, are fine. Please, please criticize oh, me. Yeah. I, I want to be judge, judge me, judge me harshly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Angela. All right. Uh, Bad little girl. <laughs> so then I guess let's just jump right into, you know, email surveillance. We see Sadiq. This is, I believe this is our first time we're introduced to the IT guy. It's got to be. But this is a, this is the cold open, right? Where he starts walking to the building and then Michael like shuts all the windows, gets into like this lockout situation, um, tells everybody to like be quiet, turns off the lights and stuff. He thinks they're about to have a terrorist attack. This has to be one of the most blatant racist things other than um, sensitivity training <coughs> or whatever it is. Right. Well, and see, and what I don't understand, what I've never really understood about that cold open is is there is there a history there? You know, because Michael almost implies it that their first meet didn't go well. So part of me thinks that he was just hiding it because, you know, he knows that he's the IT guy, but he doesn't want to have, you know, something bad happened before and he doesn't want to have that interaction. See, I don't or think part so. Of I, like don't, I don't remember. He's just thinking that he's, you know, there to do something. Maybe. I don't remember him ever talking about an experience with him before. I think it's just he saw a guy in a turban and he went, we're under attack. And that's... Entirely possible. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, we get to meet Sadiq and um, of course he's there to help Michael install the monitoring software. Which, of course, he didn't even have to come out because Michael just needed to put his password in, which of course is on a sticky note on his computer. Yep. One, two, and, three, four. And he needs a sticky note to remember one, two, three, four. Yeah. And um as somebody who's done IT, 
this this hits this is real like you would look at that and you would think there's no way to this is that possible right it's simple it says put your password in but oh my gosh um i've done it work for a couple companies right i did it work for a hospital i did it work for apple at one point um i've done a i've done a lot of it before and you may or may not be surprised at the amount of calls and uh and voiceovers and stuff like that where it's like i need to go into a client's computer and i need to share screens with them and the majority of the fix is like restart your pc and i'll tell them like hey i need you to do this and like i've already done it and then i'm like okay and then i go in and it'll show like your computer logs stuff it has like an event logger right it says it it logs all the stuff and it'll be like last restart like 14 days ago and you're like okay restart bam and it fixes the issue and they're like I already did that. I was like, of course you did. That's why I'm here. Have a good day and then leave. Or, uh, or they don't clear their cookies. Yeah. You know, they're, they're running into something on the, uh, some weird thing with the web browser and nothing, something's not working right. And mm-hmm. they want to go through all the trouble waiting on your hotline to get to talk to you to, to, to literally clear their cookies. Yeah. Trust me. I, I know where you're coming from with that too. It's like, Oh, for, for before you ask for my help, you better have done two things. You better have cleared your cookies and you better have restarted. Yeah. If you've done those two things and you're still having issues, then I'll help you. But before that, don't come to me at all. It's a, There's a line from The Simpsons where people are freaking out and they're like, we've tried nothing and we're out of ideas. And that's right. that, That's it. That's real. Um, but, I mean, it gives those people jobs, so good for them. I, uh, I have a buddy of mine who lives in Texas who does this, and he had to drive to work like two hours out of his way. He lives in like Austin and he had to go to like San Antonio. I don't know how far it is or why it took two hours, but I'm guessing traffic. But he had to go there because a button on the server that he was told multiple times was pressed was not pressed. He drove that two hours, pressed the button, went home. Oh, for Pete's eggs. Yeah. People are ridiculous. Especially, <laughs> you know, I know this is jumping off topic, but I, especially when you're, you're dealing with company computers and mm-hmm. People, I don't know if it's that people are just so afraid, you know, I grew up with computers, you know, like my school, we had the, what the, you know, when floppy disks were actually floppy in like first grade, like they started us on computers pretty dang early. So, you know, I've grown up with them. I'm certainly not an IT guy, but you know, I can hold my own. But then there's other, you know, the other side of the spectrum is these people, they just don't even know where the off button is or how how to take it don't know yeah um, or if they close in their laptop is the same as turning it off or mm-hmm. i'm like no no don't do a proper shutdown every night like just yeah. you know go to start you, shut down like, you don't even need to shut down every night like shoot shut down once a week maybe when you right? leave friday shut your computer down for the whole weekend don't just close your laptop lid that is not shutting it down that doesn't restart it just right uh just puts him to sleep and he doesn't fix his problems. When he doesn't. No, no, no. But anyway, back to the episode here. We, you know, we see yeah. uh, he, Michael's, uh, his first search query is, of course, about him. You know, his, his conceit there. And he's like, uh, he's expecting to find a bunch of stuff about him being funny and him being, you know, a great boss. And he actually ends up finding out, you know, I think Shanley's email about, him being He's, a jerk or, or something, and yeah, my jerk boss is making me work. I can't come. Wait, yeah, it's and of uh, course, Go ahead, well, Pam. He overhears Dwight and Angela, you know, discussing email sensitivity, 
and that's I think I think this is Pam's first inclination that 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 whole affair that well not affair but that whole dynamic is going on between Dwight and Angela. Mm-hmm. It's that, and then he finds the um, the barbecue. Right, he finds the email right. that's like Jim's barbecue or Jim's party, and he he's fishing all day for an invite to this party, like multiple times. Right, and, which and you know, I get it. I've gone back and forth on this. I don't know about you, but how did, was Jim had the right to not invite the boss? Yeah, or should Jim have invited the boss? No, no. Jim has a perfect right to not invite the boss, right? It's his party. It's his house. You can invite who you want to be there. It's as simple as that. Um, there's plenty of people that I wouldn't invite to my house. Uh, if I have people hanging out, I don't want somebody to be there who's going to be an ass about it. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. I, you know, I, and for me, I see that's what I, I go back and forth because I'm always every time I watch that episode, I think you know he should have just invited him. It, it's be one thing to single out, you know. It's one thing to not to have several people that you didn't invite, where you're only inviting your friends. That's understandable, but to go through and invite everybody except one person, I think, you know, kind of reminds me of you know when you're in elementary school and they invite all the whole class except you. Or, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, they are I perfectly get it. within their right um, to do so, but it's still a dick move. It is. It's a it's a bit of a dick move, but like I can't fault him for this one. Like it, you're, we're we're still on this Jim's kind of a dick train, and uh, and I'm about it because it's it's real, and uh, whether people agree with me or not, that's up to them. But uh, like this is a dick move, but I would do it. I would do this. There's uh there's plenty of people at my work who I wouldn't invite, but there's the uh, like I would definitely not invite my supervisor's supervisor, right? Like right. I have my I have my area and my direct manager and then his manager is like over all of us right if we have like if we're a table we got like four legs and one guy's the top i wouldn't invite that one guy nobody would be people would be weirded out by it which is a fair point too that you know people might not relax in front of their boss too which is sort of what jim spins it into is that wasn't really anything negative against michael it was just he didn't want you know people to have to worry about how to behave in front of their boss, which is a valid point, you know, especially in a corporate world. It's uh, yeah. my work used to have a, a one time a year mm-hmm. event where, you know, they did, you know, it was, it was a, a drunk party, but you know, even though everybody's drinking, it's always, you, you've always got to maintain that sense of control. You know, it's a worry. Yeah. You know, for, because you're for still, real. My, you're still my there. Work, my, my work is the same. We have a Christmas party every year and we have a 4th of July party. Right. So one in the summer and one in the winter and both times alcohol is provided. And, uh, you know, it's like at a venue or something like that, but you really should watch yourself because the CEO of the company and people like that are there and they are watching you and you may not be at work, but you're at a work event. You know what I mean? Right. Right. You're still being judged as an employee and and whether you're, uh, right. Yeah. Um, So you can't really let loose and, you know, so I understand Jim's, I mean, Jim is valid there, too. Yeah. It, again, it's a sucky thing to do. He should have invited Michael. That would have been the nice thing. But I'm on Jim's side. I wouldn't have invited Michael. Um, of course, and some of the excuses that everybody's coming up with, you know, to, to, to let, you know, that everybody has plans or, you know, they're all doing this other stuff. And Jim talks Dwight into thinking that it's a, you know, surprise party for Right. And if if this goes to show me one thing, it's that everybody else is on board with it and nobody else at the party wanted Michael there. 
right? right? And then the time when he does show up way later, everybody's really weirded out by it. They're like, mm, do I really wish Michael wasn't here right now? You know right. what I mean? Right. And I just want to jump back a moment because there's something else funny too that, you know, when we see Jim's apartment, um, you know, that's we, we learn he has a roommate that we don't actually see anywhere. He doesn't believe that Dwight even actually exists. Yeah. And we also see, I don't know if you noticed well, when we're we getting the, the tour. Huh? We see the roommate. The roommate's in like the scene when he goes in. He's in like two scenes. Really? Is yeah. he just does he have any lines? Have I just missed him or is he just saying Yeah, there? he uh he talks to Dwight. He's like, You must be Dwight because Dwight uh, walks right. in and okay. hands him right. their rock key and he yep, hands yep. it to the roommate and he's like, Oh, you must be Dwight. Yeah. And he's got that redheaded chick around his arm or whatever. Right, right. Okay, okay. Yeah, thank you. Yep, you're right. Um, but anyway, so we see uh, when Jim's giving Pam a tour of his bedroom, did yeah. you notice what was on Jim's wall on the corkboard? On the corkboard? Um, no, I remember seeing like, oh gosh, I don't even remember anymore. I want to say there may have been like a self-help thing or something. It's like a you can do it style poster, but like there wasn't even a PC at his desk. It was just like an actual desk with like papers and like i used to have one as a kid but and i guess in this day and age it's way weirder compared to when this was it makes sense for the time period that it was but no i didn't see what it what was it it's he has a little doll that looks like a warehouse worker hanging by a noose does he propped up there no way <laughs> which of can course I, the can... assumption the entire time, you know, for, for this is that it's Roy, you know, in Jim's head, this okay. is Roy, that he's he's hanging there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this is one of the little things that they, you know, throw in the background. Um, oh, my actually, gosh, you're right. I'm looking it yeah, up right now. He's got that there. weird. Yeah. yeah, he's yeah. Got... Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> oh, he's got the motorcycle. <laughs> he's got this uh, sign that's like blankety burger something gun life, and then making sense in a poster of like a motorcycle, and then Roy hanging Great. there by a noose. No, oh. see, I wish Ryan was on the call because I, I'm sure Ryan would know whether this is absolutely intentional to make this look like Roy, or whether that's just something that we've all, you know, that they right. never made. You know, they didn't intentionally create that connection. We just did as an audience, but. Mm-hmm. But, but there, like, he looks uh, like a warehouse guy. He'd be like, "This episode was written by Kelly Kapoor, and uh, they really wanted to accentuate Jim and the fact that he hates Roy, so they put that doll there. And uh, one of the writers did it, but he didn't tell anybody else about it. So they all they they all got a good laugh out of it when they saw it in the editing footage. And like, yeah, we're gonna keep that in. Right, right. I, you know, <laughs> I, I I wish, yeah, like I said, I wish he was on because I'd love to know that. We'll have to ask him later about it whether that whether that's intentional. Remind me to to bring it up, or again, you know, audience. Let us know what you offer, know. Yeah, yeah, please do. Uh, I would love to hear if this was intentionally there or if somebody snuck that in. Um, that, that's good, a, though. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a good little, it's a good thing. And, and that's the thing about The Office, you know, not to get on a whole sidetrack. But every time you watch it, and this is why so many people rewatch it so much, um, you, you notice more and more. They, they take the time to put in these whole little details that, that they aren't called, that they don't actually draw attention to. Right, that little you Easter eggs. Right, you know, and every time you watch it through, you find more. Um, and then when you finally get to the end, you know, you watch it 20 times and you think that that's everything. Then they start releasing the super fan episodes, which <laughs> have even more. 
I mean, they, they know their audience though, man. I think, uh, I think the stats came out for last year and I think the office was number one on streaming time and by a large margin too. Right. I remember reading an article that was like the office was streamed. uh, It was close to like, I want to say twice more than the next leading thing. It was. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was a big hit for Netflix to, you know, uh, real world. you know, uh, everybody knows that here in the U S they lost it to Peacock because Peacock is trying to braille their, build their own streaming platform and, you know, why give their number one show away to, to Netflix to stream when they could use that to bring everybody to, to Peacock? They, they um, can. And they probably it probably is working. Oh, I'm like, sure. It, it worked for a good portion of people. I mean, I, I certainly didn't leave Netflix, but I got Peacock. Oh, see, I, I didn't. I, I wasn't an Office fan before, so it didn't work on me. And like eh, it doesn't make sense. I, I have Netflix and I have Hulu, and that's it. Actually, that's a lie. I also have Amazon uh, Video, but I don't pay for that specifically. I just happen to have Amazon Prime, and it comes right. free with that. So you know. right, same here. Yeah, yeah. It's I get Prime once a year, mostly for the shipping, and then the, the TV is just an added bonus. It's it's just the shipping for me. That's what I need it for the most. And uh, I'll use the uh, the Twitch Prime subscription too, because Amazon Prime comes with Twitch Prime now, and so I can subscribe to somebody for free every month, and that's kind of cool. And there is another show that I think is really funny on Prime for our viewers. Watch Uploaded because I want to make sure there's a season three. So there's, you know, if you haven't checked out Uploaded yet, check it out. What's that about? Um, You don't have to get into too much detail if you don't want to. Yeah, it's a sitcom about, it's a little bit set in the future where they have developed technology. When you're about to die, they can download your consciousness into a virtual environment. Oh, interesting it's very commercialized like this virtual environment is you know owned. of course it's a business so yeah. you know that's kind of the show is that this guy he, he he's about to quote unquote die which he's really not but they upload him and you know his adventures uh in the virtual world and trying to navigate that and then there's some intrigue and you know some stuff going on but but that's the basic premise is that you know uh, you die in, in this virtual stuff. Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting show. I, I you know since you got it, definitely check it out. It, it, it's uh, yeah, fun. I probably will. You uh, you ever hear of Altered Carbon? Yes, I do. I love Altered Carbon. I was really sad oh. that they got rid of uh, that. We don't get to see the three of that either. Same. Uh, I think if Altered Carbon could do one thing to improve its show, it would be less boobs. I think, and this is going to be a yeah. controversial opinion. I don't think it needs that much boobs. Right. Yeah. Because it was a good premise, right? Yeah, yeah. The the premise stood up on its own. You didn't you didn't right. need all that extra fanfare and stuff for it. I think the show was great the way it was. Right, and yeah. especially with the way that that show, you could change the you know you could change the cast out without. I think that's one of the things that make Doctor Who really unique as well is that you've created a show within the basic premise that you can keep the same character, but you get different actors to bring a different flair, and exactly. it, you know it keeps it lively. Um, and I think they, they had something there, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure what happened with it. I don't know if it was just killed by COVID because you know, during that whole year where where they just gave up on it because they couldn't get stuff together. If the viewing numbers, mm. who knows? But uh, but I yeah, I was definitely sad about that. Sad enough yeah. that I have purchased the books. Well, the, the books for Alter Carbon. Yeah. Oh, but cool. I have not um, started listening to all of them yet. But yeah, so that series does go on because I wanted to know what happens next. You know. Yeah, uh, I was I was really into the first season. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if I watched both of them or not. Um, the first season is like just the murder and the murder investigation. And then the second season is like the political uprising stuff, right? 
Yeah. Um, okay. Right. And we see him in a, the main, I, I can't remember his name. It's been too long. Takeshi Kovach. Right. He's in a different body on the second season. He's, yeah. I think he's in, instead of that white guy, because it's been, it's been You're another right. hundred years or something. Um, but anyway, you know, jump back to email surveillance here. You know, we, we yeah, finally yeah. get <laughs> to, so, Sorry, guys, we've, we've gone off. But, you know, we're all nerds. So, you yeah. know, I'm sure a lot of our audience is watching the same stuff we are. So, mm-hmm. have at it. Anyway, Michael's busted into the, you know, he's, he's, he's there. Well, actually, let's talk about his improv class. Right, Michael. Oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. uh, I, I always start with a gun because you can't top it. And then right. he just kills everybody and they bang 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 and everybody just pretends to die and he just ruins improv class like every every time right and it seems like every you're right i mean the way that it's it's everybody's exasperated with it it doesn't seem like it's just tonight it seems like it's every single time that's all he does is pull out a gun and i think that the the instructor seems like he thinks he's got through to him they're doing another scene and all of a sudden, the guy who's not talking to raises his hand again after Michael whispers in his ear. Yep. And what he's did like, Michael what did he, say? What did well, he, of course like, we know what Michael said. I can't show it to you, but I have a gun. Right. <laughs> and, you know, and even the improv class doesn't want to go, you know, it's funny because they're all, what's the line from there? He's like, we're we all, all happen to know party. the same guy. Yeah, we all have a mutual friend that's not, it, that doesn't involve you or something. Right, right. It's you not know, a, it's not, not an improv, improv class thing. Class. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We and of course, all... Michael goes back and forth the whole time whether he has plans or not because he doesn't want to look like he's alone, you know. Mm-hmm. But he also was hoping to get an invite. Yeah, poor. And it's kind of it's a sad moment almost. It I is, mean, it's it... definitely understandable, but you know, it's it like all for Michael for Michael for sure. Right. So then we, you know, he just decides to go to gyms. And he does. boom, there he is. He's, he's my, he just crashed the party. My question is, how does he know where Jim lives? Is this like where he broke into employee files and checked up his address? Like, has he been to Jim's house before? This was the only confusing part for me for this episode. Oh, I'm he sure he shows up files. I, I, yeah. I would, you know, or, you know, there's also, you know, it could have been included in the email invitation. Oh, it definitely could have. I didn't even think about that. He pulls the he pulls the address from the email invitation. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah, it's cold, Michael. Yeah. There's the more the more I watch this, it seems like the two most genuine people in this show are Stanley and Kevin. Okay. Everybody else seems to have this weird backwards stuff that they do. I guess Phyllis. Phyllis, Stanley, Kevin. Okay. Mm-hmm. They, these are the three best characters of this show. Okay. What what was it? I mean, you mentioned Kevin. There was another there was another secret genius Kevin moment during this week's watching. And I can't shoot. I didn't jot it down. What was it? Oh, that's a I wonder if I can check my uh, my messages to you guys and I wonder if it's in there. Let's see. There was something again. Kevin was just super perceptive about, and I wish I would have noted it. Oh crap! But anyway, if it, you know, when you think of it, or if I think of it, we'll talk about it. But yeah. But again, uh, you know, there's, there's, there, it's something. Kevin is just, you know, you don't know. Is he an idiot? Is he not? Is he just, he just play the idiot? Who knows? He's got to not really be. Know. You know, he just, he just, he is who he is. Mm-hmm. Um. 
Oh, this is the episode where uh, where Dwight and Angela are dating, right? They're making out in this. Uh, they're making out in this episode in the party. They're like in the side. They're making out. You can see their feet canoodling around. She's buying right. him food. They're uh, they're making little glances at each other and stuff. And they're such a weird, a weird couple. I'm I'm about it, but they're a weird couple. Yeah, okay. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's definitely an interesting dynamic. You got some, um, I mean, I bet the sex is crazy. I don't know. Like, it probably is. It's probably like um, very reserved missionary style for uh, the purposes of insemination. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you know, I, it, who knows? Who knows? It could be a room full of like a barbarianistic <laughs> passion. Right, but, uh, right. but we're probably never going to hear about it. I don't believe mm. Dwight or Angela are kiss and tell people. And so mm. I, I feel I, I could be wrong, but I feel like this is going to be one of those things where like um, Dwight's going to he's going to rub it in somebody's face. He's going to be like, huh, yeah, I'm getting some and you're not. But then he's not going to tell any of the details about it. He'll be like a gentleman doesn't kiss and tell or something. So like now that. that you know about, you know, their relationship has have you seen anything? I'm trying not to give too much away. The Little Drummer Boy. Little Drummer Boy. Do you mean the like Christmas Carol? The, the song, right. Okay. Do you know anything about that yet? We uh, I, with that yet, have we? No, no, that's not in the show. I mean, I know okay. of the Christmas Carol. Okay, right. So, you know, without giving out too much, I just want to call attention to this because it's a really... This, um, this is going to show you just how well they plan out stuff, right? Okay. Uh, okay. We learn here relatively soon that Angela's favorite song is the Little Drummer Boy. Oh, and that's okay. the very first thing that we see Dwight humming in the pilot. Is it really? Is the Little Drummer Boy. Oh my gosh. No way. So, you know, they had something set up almost two and a half seasons. Well, a season and a half early. To bring yeah. it back to, to, to fruition. That's pretty good. That's pretty good of them. Um, also, something we forgot to touch on is that Ken Jong is one of the people in uh, in Michael's improv class. Right. I, I think I messaged you and I was like, is this Ken Jung in here? Like uh, the guy from uh, The Hangover and from Role Models and all that stuff. And you're like, right. yeah, this is one of his first acting gigs, I guess. Right. Yeah. One of my favorite actors. He's, he's hilarious for just about everything he's in. Yeah, he, he's great. Absolutely yeah. great. So so Michael busts in, right? He busts into the party. He becomes a downer. He starts doing karaoke, and he chooses a duet. Here's the weird part for me, right? So I guess I can see why. Uh, so here's why, right? He gets into the party, and he's had a shit day where nobody wants to hang out with him. His improv group doesn't want to hang out with him. He's been put down by them. And then he goes in here and he chooses a duet and he has to just be hoping that somebody is going to get up and sing with him. And Jim does. This is, this has to be one of the nicest Jim moments. Like when Pam vouches for him more or less during the Dundies gets up and starts like bringing that energy back in. Jim does it for this episode. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I think he just feels so bad for him that, you know. Yeah. He, he can't take it anymore. <laughs> Even yeah, if it's just... deserved or if it's not, he just, he just, just, see, and that's why you go back and forth on Jim because there's these, these moments of really good guy and 
total ass. Like, yeah. just, just woven together, which I guess is just like rest of us. Like, you know, who knows? Not the all philosophical. Sure. Maybe we're all just gyms. We're, we're all just gyms, all right? We're all an asshole with, uh, with a little good soft spot in us. Right. And, uh, if there's anything that most of us know, it's that most assholes have soft spots. Right. Yeah. What's funny too in the party is that um, Oscar and Stanley are, are talking about paper and sales, and you know, and you get Kelly. Can you, you know, <laughs> isn't there anything else we can talk about besides work? Yeah, and then they shut up, which right. is uh, God, if that's not the truth, you get there, right. especially with coworkers, and you're like trying to talk about work because that's all you know with each other, right? Right. Uh, yeah. Because uh, it's either that or you're gossiping about your coworkers. You know, it it's is. either work or gossip about co. You know, it's one or the other. And that's what coworkers bond about. You know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's you're there eight hours a day. It's your job. Right. So it, it makes sense. Um, it, it's unfortunate, but it makes sense. You know. Uh, and of course, then we see Pam asking Phyllis about if she knows any office romances. Because Pam's thinking in her head about, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Dwight. Dwight yep. And, and then Phyllis, Phyllis is, is like, like, oh, you and Jim? Right? And then she gets real defensive and she's like, it's no, no. And then shuts it down. She's like, I shouldn't have been uh, busy around where I don't belong or whatever. Just because it looks like it doesn't mean that's what it is. Uh, I'm sorry. Yada, yada. Stuff like that. Right. Ooh. It's and then, like of course, gets... we see her that, you know, people can just be friends and it doesn't mean there's anything else there. Let's stop and, making assumptions. And she's and talking they, about her and Jim, not really Dwight and Angela, but she makes it out like she's talking about Dwight and Angela. She does. She makes it out like she's talking about Dwight, but it is her. And uh, right. I do want to say for the record, you can be friends with a chick without having to be. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that exists. That's real. It is very much so. You know, that's a, yeah. a, I, I, you know I, I think so. Yeah. Very um, for sure. Let's see. Dwight's. Sandals intertwined. We got those. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think, think that's that I was about all that I have for you. Yeah. Thank you for listening to another episode of It Is a Podcast featuring Ryan Scott Jones, Bruce Myers, and me, Matthew Jones. You can find us on the Creed Thoughts Facebook group. Feel free to drop by. Let us know what you think of the podcast. Ask us some questions and share some memes. We would love to have you. This episode is sponsored by Margaritas and Baby Back Ribs, helping you connect with your clients since the beginning of time. We hope to see you again and have a great day.